Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business, and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. Kelly and I are here today, and we're going to be talking about engagement. So this is another one of those fun corporate buzzwords that you know we love to dissect. As my daughter would say when she was a little toddler, what the heck is that? Oh, she what the heck is that? <laughs> what the heck does that mean? <laughs> so Kelly, can you yes. tell us what the like official, you know, maybe not Webster, but like what is mm-hmm. actually the definition of Employee engagement, because I think that everybody has a different idea of it. And then once we start with the official, we'll talk about how we disagree with it and how to make it happen. Well, actually, no, Laura, I can't give you a definition of that (laughs) because, (laughs) great question, it's really subjective. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the problem. It's going to look different in every organization. Are you making products? Are you delivering services? Are you a large multinational organization? Mm -hmm. Are you a very small organization? But If I can, I would say it's a little like pornography. You know it when you see it, right? (laughs) That's amazing. You know when engagement is working and present in your organization. So I think what you have to do is realizing it's not a one-size-fits-all strategy. Mm -hmm. Get really clear as the business leaders, the company leaders, the business owner, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to increase productivity? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there'll be different things that you would do to increase engagement. Subtle, right? Not wholesale because there are some that kind of universally apply to right. this idea of engagement. Like coming to work, doing your job. Exactly. <laughs> and coming to work because you want to. Yep. Because you're motivated. And we've talked about purpose before. Mm-hmm. Purpose is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And if you can't com- communicate your larger why to the people who yeah. work for you, you, you really can't expect them to show up with their best selves. And mm-hmm. um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But so are you trying to increase productivity through engagement? Are you trying to decrease safety effects? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to elicit innovation, right? So these are the subtleties then that really start to form the basis of what the strategy and then the plan becomes around that. Um, There's a really great article that we'll put in the show notes from HR Digest. And I love it because they say, so we'll use their definition. (laughs) Technically, no, I still could not provide you with that definition. (laughs) But their definition is that engagement is the essence of a human workforce. Mm. And you know, that is really near and dear to my heart because That's what I've believed all along, right? You know, it's about the people who are essential to your success. And in this case, we are talking the workforce, but in many other episodes, we talk about, you know, clients and vendors and suppliers. But if these people who are so vital to your success are showing up and operating in a mechanical way, as the article goes on to say, well, then you should just hire robots, right? Right, right. However... Kelly from the positive business would tell you (laughs) that if those people are just showing up and checking off boxes and just get it done, get it done, get it done, pass it through, then employers are missing out on the real individual aspects of what it means to be human, Mm. right? And those things are what make businesses better. Yeah. So you might be wondering, what are those things? Well, some of those things, Laura, are pro-social motivation, which is just to do the right thing. Being proactive, which is different, because that's really being self-directed, future thinking, and thinking about the change that it would take to make either 
oneself, you know, myself, yourself better or the organization better, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what you're looking for in engagement. Um, Having integrity and courage. So being ready to kind of blow the whistle. Mm. Being mindful negotiators, Mm. right? Looking for the win-win, right? That's that's a very subtle thing. You know, it's not a binary resolution lots of times. It's not just a you we won, you lost, right? (laughs) Um, Resourcefulness, that's another wonderful human aspect. You know, sometimes those things have to happen in real time. Somebody, something's going wrong and somebody's got to make a decision. So they have to not only be empowered to make that decision, but they have to be resourceful in how do they satisfy that client's needs or their team member's needs, you know, when you're in the moment. And one of my personal favorites, humor. Yay! And that's only to name like a smidgen of what's really out there in terms of human aspects that can really help organizations achieve more, Mm -hmm. create the future that they want, right? So these are really important things. And what, why even more specifically than what's the objective that people are trying, companies are trying to accomplish is on the larger scale, what's the goal? Are they looking to attract and retain people? And that's why they're focused on engagement. Are they looking to grow revenue? They're thinking about those new ideas and they want people come to work. And you know what? I was thinking about this in the shower this morning. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And um, are they looking to to do the innovation, mm-hmm. right? And we, we've talked about that last week, too, about the importance of having a, a level of trust yep. so that people can be engaged, so that they can come and say to you, hey, you know what? I just thought of something. You know, we offer this product to X, Y, and Z audiences, but if we modified the product slightly, we could offer it to the A, B, and C audience mm-hmm. also. How great is that? Yep. Great. So... Those are some of the things that I think of when you think about what does engagement look like as a strategy yeah. and a practice. and Well, more of a strategy, but I can't wait to hear what you've got in yeah. terms of, you know, what does engagement look like as mm-hmm. practices in an organization? So I love that you had mentioned the human elements because I think, so here's my challenge for uh, you wonderful listener right now. So <laughs> my challenge to you is to question your Um, assumptions around what engagement looks like. Mm -hmm. So is your assumption that an engaged employee is that person whose butt is in the seat for an hour before their shift starts and an hour Mm -hmm. after their shift starts? Is your impression of engagement somebody who is always smiling and laughing and, you know, joking around with their coworkers? Is your impression of engagement somebody who is getting everything done on time? Just question it, no matter what it is, no matter Mm -hmm. what your impressions, no matter what your assumptions, just start to question mm-hmm. them because there's a great article. It's in Entrepreneur Magazine and we'll link to it in the show notes, but it talks about five companies that are doing engagement right. And there's some you've probably heard of and some that you probably haven't. But my favorite example, and I think this is just really evidence to um, questioning that old school definition of uh, engagement, which I, right. again, I think of it, it's the butts and seats mentality. Like my person that sits there long enough must be my most engaged. Well, no, maybe they just don't want to go home. Maybe mm-hmm. they're lonely. Maybe they... Um, need time management coaching and development. Maybe they're really struggling with their work and it's actually taking them 20% longer and they need some some training or something like that. So getting away from that butts and seats mentality and that whole, you know, like every 
I would be hard pressed to come up with a millennial person that I know in my life that does not have a side hustle. Right. So the typical corporate mentality has been, we've got to hide that. We've got to keep it quiet. It's oh like yeah. My it was dirty called moonlighting. Secret. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my dirty little secret. I can't talk about mm-hmm. my side hustle, my passion project, whatever. And what that did was it created a culture where people had to choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. And it actually made people walk away when maybe they didn't want to. Maybe they would find a company where it was more acceptable to talk right. about their side hustle. Or maybe they could develop their side hustle into something because they felt like they needed to, to get away from And it could be it. something that could also benefit the company, right? right? Exactly. Like It could be this really novel idea that somebody's right. working on that the the leadership team, right, or the managers might not have necessarily thought right. of. Exactly. So in the spirit of what Kelly and I try to do here, which is show you that this is not only possible, it's profitable. Mm-hmm. It's not just us pontificating about things to do. This article that we'll link to mentions DreamWorks. You've probably heard of it, DreamWorks Animation. Animation. Sometimes I can say big words. Um, <laughs> Many times. DreamWorks, DreamWorks does a lot of things that you've probably heard of, like they do for your freshmen. They invite people to have parties during their workday and like big company parties after they complete a successful project together. But one of the things that really stood out to me was at these company-sponsored parties, They encourage their employees to talk about their side projects, to talk about their personal projects. I love it. They welcome that into the space. And Mm -hmm. it actually creates, it really, you know, kind of flies in the face of that old school definition of you've got to keep, you know, if I need to look, quote unquote, engaged at work, I can't talk about this passion that I have. I can't talk about my side business. I can't do any of that. They have to be, you know, a, a huge line of demarcation between them. This culture really shows that you can welcome that conversation into the company workplace and have more engaged employees. So that was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite examples. And the other thing I like to say is you can't legislate everything. So in a workplace, it's very tempting to say, well, we're going to make rules and we're going to create a handbook and it's going to say, you know, no going on Facebook and no phone at your desk and this and the other thing. And then again, it just, it fosters that culture of secrecy. It yes. forces people to hide. It's, you know, it makes them, you know, feel that they're not welcome and they're not valued. And, and obviously it not creates engaged. distance right. it between creates distance. Like you are the employer and the employee. Right. right. And I mean, like I am all for, you know, don't bring your phone into a meeting. Let's have this be an actual space for an hour. But mm-hmm. if you have somebody who is doing, you know, a very task oriented or a job where they're not getting a lot of interaction, you say to them that they can't have any, you know, like you've got your network's so locked down that they can't do any social media. You know, mm-hmm. there is a happy medium. You don't have to ban Instagram, but you right. can have those conversations with people and let them know, you know, harken back to last episode, we have a culture of trust here. We right. trust that you're going to get your work done. If we see it becomes a problem, certainly we'll have a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to, like, legislating everything is actually going to negatively impact engagement because then you're going to have yes. people that feel like, I, you know, they treat me like an infant. I have no autonomy. I can't make any decisions. Certainly, I'm not going to try and better this company. I'm going to put in my time. I'm going to check out. I'm going to secretly scroll Instagram under my desk and like shove my phone away when my boss comes by. Right. That's not engaged. That's buying right. your time. And I guarantee you that person is not putting out quality work products. Absolutely. Yeah. I I couldn't agree with you more. And you, when you're talking about relationships and at DreamWorks with the employees talking about their gigs, right? And that sense of community. And it reminded me too about peer relationships and Mm -hmm. how important they are in Mm -hmm. the organization and and any company that can kind of cultivate that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think will will benefit from it. And I know personally speaking, I worked for a company, I was on the leadership team for like eight or nine years, Mm -hmm. and never in that time 
did we go out for any type of personal social socialization? Hmm. Anytime we went to a lunch, it was typically because a, a client was coming uh-huh. or something like that. And, and that would be the same for the dinner. And I'm really like, maybe there were one or two times, but there was never any type of just that informal socialization. And what I don't know in, in that scenario is what would have happened yeah. if we could have explored that, if we could have related to one another a little bit more deeply and understood one another right. a little bit more. What could have the positive benefits been yeah. to the company? Well, and it's fostering connection. You know, I think about Absolutely. like now, I mean, so many workplaces just glare at you if you mm-hmm. get up and take a break. It, you know, if you go back in time several decades, there mm. were rules around smokers. Smokers oh, get sure. this many breaks and it has to be this many minutes and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, right. thankfully there are fewer smokers now, right. but there aren't any breaks and it's either right. it's either frowned upon. You know, we've talked about this in past episodes. Like maybe you have a game room, but people glare at you when you go in to use it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have mm-hmm. a, you know, maybe you're like Thrive Global and you have a nap room, but unlike Thrive Global, people glare at you when you go in to use it. Right. You know, it's about how or you... Or the company offers that mythical sabbatical. Right. That after like five years or 10 years, right. you're allowed to take that one month sabbatical, yet no one takes yet it. Yet no one takes it. Because it's really frowned upon. Exactly, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. So how are you... You know, just, again, challenging those assumptions around engagement and fostering that community. You know, human beings are a tribal mm-hmm. species. Even if, you know, your, your co-workers don't have to be your chosen family and the people that you right. invite to your or your besties. Party. Right, but you should be able to have, you know, pleasant conversations or maybe go out and grab coffee together or something mm-hmm. or, you know, invite each other out for a drink after work if that's your thing because that's the sign of in, in, an engaged workforce. You know, we can't, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Amazing study. This like knocked my pants off. So Gallup did a survey that I think it was in 2017, less than 13% of the global workforce is like measuring Mm -hmm. as being engaged. So if y'all are feeling a little badly about yourselves as leaders right now, don't like give yourselves a pass. It's not just you look around. It's probably the leader next to you and the leader next to them. But there are ways that we can do it. And, you know, come back next week. Our guest is an amazing guy from a company called Culturology. He talks all about how to create a culture. And that goes along with what I said earlier. Don't legislate it. Create a culture that makes people want to be engaged. Yes, it's called work for a reason. No, it's not supposed to be our single source of joy and all good things and esteem and all of that kind of stuff. But it can be a half decent place to spend 40 to 50 hours a week if you create a culture that fosters engagement. If you don't try and legislate every single little piece of minutia and you let people have the freedom to bring their whole selves to work, the freedom and safety to innovate, to create ideas, Mm -hmm. to, you know, shoot the shoot with the right. with their co-workers absolutely what i love most we're PG about here, apparently <laughs> we're very pg um what i love most about what you were saying in the question the assumptions and don't legislate everything is that that's the first step if you if you have been doing it that way because you were yeah. taught 30 years ago right. that's the way to do yeah. it right so we don't judge yeah, God, here, you can't right? trust those darn employees exactly mm-hmm. so somewhere that information was downloaded into your psyche yep. as the business leader and yep. so okay that's fine but things are changing and so what if 
that was the first step questioning your assumptions and not legislate well no, don't legislate mm-hmm. and question your assumptions mm-hmm. that's the first step to truly understanding mm-hmm. learning to understand what your employees want right. because it's not going to be the same and right. and we're not saying that you have to make everything available to everyone no. but you can deepen your level of understanding i hear from a lot of business owners who's like yeah we tried that nobody wanted yeah i did this nobody wanted it but well, did you ask them but did, did, did we you don't, ask them right, what they wanted exactly. i mean we don't really know. like simple problems Problem, simple solution. You don't know what they want. Stop throwing noodles at the wall and to see what sticks. I can't tell you how many times I was surprised really by what people want. And we yeah. know it's not always just the paycheck, right? right? We have to get out of that mentality also. Yeah. Uh, there's so much more to it than that. So I really love what you shared there. And then, of course, whatever you're going to do, if you're soliciting input mm-hmm. from people or feedback, and mm-hmm. we talked about this Funny how all these episodes are interrelated, it's huh? It's so weird. Um, that <laughs> Almost as if we planned it. <laughs> almost. That to build trust, if you're going to take that information, then you have to do something mm-hmm. with it. So talk to people. You know, yeah. we've, we've talked to you. We've done some surveys. We've brought a third party in so mm-hmm. you don't feel like I'm going to get in trouble if I tell you what I do and do not like yeah. about this organization, right? Whatever those things are. But then show people how you're using that feedback because yeah. I think that's super important. And some of the things that you find, yes, will be unrealistic. Some may be silly. Oh, that reminds me years and years and years ago, we were moving offices. It was going to be about 20 minutes away and one woman went up a small company and said now will you be providing a shuttle from this location to our new location every day no you'll be driving right there, wish you like could you see laura's here. face right now <laughs> because that's the way we all felt like oh, so hey. i i get it there are going to yeah. be some very unrealistic types of suggestions that come out or findings that mm-hmm. are revealed but there will also be some surprisingly good ones right you know i can almost promise that yeah And I think, you know, we talk about, you know, you're talking about going to the people, which I fully agree with. Like one of the tenets I believe in, in business is talk to, not about. So, you know, talk to your employees instead of making decisions about them. But it's also just like we say about feedback. Feedback has to be more than a once a year occurrence at your annual review, or it has to be about more than just, hey, you messed this up. It's time to have a feedback conversation. Mm -hmm. Engagement is the same way go beyond the once a year engagement survey. That is not your only measure of engagement. And we've got some pups in the background if y'all are hanging out, it's cool. We are animal friendly here at Doing Good Business. But certainly are. So go beyond the engagement survey. You know what I mean? It's nice to get a survey once a year. Thank you Gallup for the data of less than 13% of employees around the world are engaged. But like go beyond that. Mm -hmm. Talk to your people regularly about engagement. Survey them. Just you know, have a conversation. Just you know, here's an idea. Like? Walk through your parking lot right. if you're not a virtual office, or if if you have people who come to a physical location. Take a look at their cars huh. because there's so many of the you know college mom, college dad, soccer mom. Oh, here's my five kids. Yeah. There's so much you can learn about a family. I thought about that for that a while. It's like genius. it's personal branding 101. Uh-huh. There's so much you can learn about whether or not they're interested in sports, which sports, which teams. Yep. You know their alma maters, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much that you can learn just by observing, mm-hmm. um, and and that's certainly one part of it. And then. And it's like everything else that we talk about here on the the business side of things. You have to know whether or not the things that you're doing are working. And I right. think we've talked a lot about, okay, so so what is yeah. employee engagement? And we've, we've offered you what I hope is a really 
different and deeper type of definition mm-hmm. in terms of it being, you know, that human aspect. Um, and we've talked about some great things that we can do. So how do we know that those things yes. are working? So you have to have some baselines. I'll go back to the examples. If you're trying to increase productivity, decrease safety effects, these are not, by the way, particularly inspiring, but again, along the lines <laughs> of real. being profitable businesses, yeah. right? These are important aspects of a business. But you have to have some baselines over like what were our safety defects before mm-hmm. we started these things. So Get your baselines. If you don't have them, please just estimate them and then figure this out. This is where the survey comes in handy, right? Mm-hmm. Like the survey comes in handy to measure what I'm my current state and exactly. then to make your changes based on your conversations and the human aspect. Exactly. And then to measure the measure you know again. what happens later and and your progress. It's you know, but this is this is where I would say it's a good use yes. of a tool like a survey. But what I see happen so often is that companies are just like, ah, oh, we've got an engagement survey. It goes out every April. Right. And that's the end of the conversation. And to that point, that may not be the only data you need to capture. Right. Right. So, you know, for for someone like me, for whom that is not the most appealing job, mm-hmm. there is someone else for whom they would love to go yes. out there and capture that data and right. figure out these are the things we need. Is it absenteeism? Is it... Um, vacation days taken, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe that's an improvement. People felt like they couldn't take a vacation. They weren't as engaged. They're taking vacations. Well, that's a good indicator. Mm -hmm. If not an outcome, it's an indicator that things are starting to shift. And so you have to track that data. You've got to capture it, track it, and then you have to analyze it. Yep. And my, again, professional shameless plug for the data-supported decision. (laughs) You can't make everything off of the data. Every Mm -hmm. decision cannot be born of, well, the numbers say this, well, we crunch the numbers. Because the numbers only tell one part of the story. So you have to have some of that personal, intuitive, anecdotal evidence Mm -hmm. that things are shifting. And that's why I'll go back to, you know, the pornography example, (laughs) right? You just have a sense. You start to know the mood is lighter. Um, You start to see that there are great new ideas being brought up. Um, at the planning sessions, you're getting better client testimonials. There's this list literally could go on and on. Right. Yeah. No. Awesome. So challenge your assumptions. Here's our takeaways. We love a tidbit. Challenge your assumptions on engagement. Like really think about it. What is my current definition of employee engagement? What do I consider? You know, think of it really personally. Who do you know on your team or who do you know in your peer group or who do you know above you that you would say, wow, that person's really engaged. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe they are all about the company message, maybe they are champions of the organization, but think about it, like what are the criteria by which you're judging that person to assume engagement? And then think about, hmm, what else could it mean? Or think about somebody who is disengaged and have those conversations. And if you have a hard time having those difficult conversations with employees, please send us a note through our website because we would love to help you with that. And then measure it. Start with your baseline. If engagement is your big challenge, Definitely come back next week, listen to our guest Steve Van Valen talk about culture and how that impacts engagement and all the early signs of a bad culture. But start with your baseline. Mm -hmm. Know your data. Go beyond your annual engagement survey that you've already got. Like just start talking to people as a means of gathering data and come back, implement some changes, see what they want, do it for three months, talk to them again. Absolutely. See where they land. Absolutely. And and I've said this before, I think, in other podcasts. So, you know, bonus material expect great outcomes from everything that you do. If you go into this thinking, oh, this is going to be a home, (laughs) then it probably will be. Mm -hmm. But if you go into it authentically, Mm -hmm. you know, specific with a specific goal and a genuine desire to improve Mm -hmm. engagement, then you will undoubtedly discover things that will be helpful to you. Right. And measurable. Exactly. And profitable. And profitable. And fun. Yes. (laughs) Because doing good business is not just 
for the sake of doing good business. It is not only possible, it is profitable. Absolutely. 110%. All right. Thanks for being here. Go out and be engaged. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.